Hello everybody welcome back my name is Shubhag and you're listening to SR Fit Talks the goal with each of these podcasts is to bring out as much as value add content now today i have with me Ishan i've known this guy from uh, you can say almost decade now i've been seeing him train he's been training kick ass and he's a by heart and soul a bodybuilder and uh, has dedicated his most of his life uh towards that so let's see what's his perspective towards fitness and how he sees bodybuilding and how he can you know um add value to this podcast so let's all welcome ishan hi ishan welcome to the show i'm good how are you bro all good all good vishan all good thank you so much so uh firstly if you could just give a introduction about yourself more than what i have already given it would be very helpful for uh, the listeners to understand who are they actually listening to okay uh, so basically i have a career in fitness for almost about 8 uh, years now mhm uh i started off as a personal trainer and then uh, as time went on i joined uh, alfit okay i i worked i worked there for 3 years uh, i resigned as a senior trainer there and i was a mentor to the new joinees too all right uh after that i after the due to the lockdown and things things were a little rough and i had i had uh, met with an accident where i had to go for surgery on both knees right. so after which i was supposed to uh, you know leave my job because uh, it 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 wasn't practical to demonstrate with uh, mm-hmm. in this condition though mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so yeah so then uh, basically i took up freelancing or uh, body transformation in particular where i took up a few clients just for them so that you know uh, they were prepping for contests so uh i i would never really focusing on on that nice beautiful so good that you know uh, you have experience in uh, contest prep and all of that because i have few questions regarding that so the first question would be ishan um how do you build muscle like let's say uh, a beginner comes to you what would be your answer to this question to um uh, someone who comes let's say has no background of exercising no background of sports no background of going to gym um how do you answer that question how do you build muscle so like you know when guys like this come uh, we don't we don't really put them on a diet as such uh, we just start, you know get them to start working out and make that a lifestyle because it's something that they're not used to and the body just will just you know uh, change really fast because the body's never been exposed to such a uh, such a stimulus right you know and so yeah so the initial 2 uh, to 3 months let them get into the habit you know let them build that stamina and the intensity the muscular capacity mm-hmm. and then as as time goes then we you know uh, uh, you know straighten out that diet uh, bring in um, a higher protein level where while reducing their carbs if that's necessary or if the prime objective is just building muscle behavior like you know their ectomorphs very skinny then we you will be increase the nutritional uh, intake completely right where, you know you're giving a higher uh, high level of carbohydrates with equal levels of protein and a moderate amount of fat at the same time we also ensure that the rest of their lifestyle is good usually what happens is the we trainers we look at them as a client uh, you know just for that one hour the thing is uh, there's a lot of things that go into it especially their lifestyle like a lot of uh, clients with uh, a lot of people do work night shifts so the circadian rhythm really takes a beating and when that uh, the circadian rhythm is not uh, in harmony with the body 
what happens is that uh, there's a lot of uh, stress hormone that's produced, cortisol, so to speak. Uh, a lot of cortisol is produced, and that can actually be, uh, uh, you know, a downfall in terms of building muscle mm-hmm. because they don't get the adequate amount of restful sleep. I mean, they do sleep, but the restful sleep is not there, which uh, can counteract their efforts to uh, build muscle. So, so people like that, we, we you can't really put them to too much intensity because exercise in itself is a stress, is a physical stress or a stressful activity, which produces cortisol if not done in the right way. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is that each person is different. There are a lot of considerations to be made. But for your question, the initial two three months is just training, get them to start training hard, and get them used to the stimulus. Mm. Right. Now, this the same question to a um, conditioned athlete. It will be very different, right? So, how would you train, let's say, someone who comes to you and wants to prepare for a contest, like he wants to do a bodybuilding show or a physique competition, whatever it is. So, how would that training be? Uh, that's a very different thing because uh, here now he's he's already a conditioned athlete, like you said. So, uh, what we do want to consider is how he's been training in the past. Mm-hmm. What has his diet been like in the uh, in the past? Uh, you know, his, uh, uh, how many times he's been training a day? What's the level of cardio he's been doing a day? Uh, so many things. And of course, you know, the supplements and everything that's involved in bodybuilding competition. So, once we consider that, then the, uh, the idea is to provide new stimulus to the body, whether they're a conditioned athlete or a non-conditioned athlete. So when it comes to a conditioned athlete, we, we try to up the intensity significantly because his body, uh, his or her body can take that. They do right. have that pain threshold and they do have that uh, stamina, muscular stamina. Mm-hmm. So we try to increase the intensity and make, you know, do as much muscular or myofibrillar damage as possible. Right. And, and when it comes to dieting, uh, depending on this, uh, you know, which stage he's in of competition, the diet differs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the macronutrients are just, uh, you know, it's cycled up and down depending on the stage at which he's in. Right. And and up to what percentage of fat do do they usually go to? If you're talking about bodybuilders, bodybuilders are really extreme. They go almost up to 3 to 4% body fat. Some mm-hmm. even are lucky enough to come down to 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in physique athletes... Usually, seven to eight percent is the ideal body fat that you're looking at because uh, you're not looking at something overly vascular or overly, you know, shredded. You're looking at a very presentable physique, mm-hmm. and basically, what men's physique is is that it is something great. At the same time, it is something that that's attainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. it's it's more of an aesthetic appeal than of a freakish nature. Right. Right. Bodybuilding is. Freakish. I mean, to get it to look that veiny and to look that dry, yeah. uh, it, you, you gotta really, really go to a you know very low body fat level. Correct, correct. And uh, do you think whatever bodybuilding or physique um, competitions um, are healthy in in a way like let's say a normal man would want to do it and sustain it? Do you think that is sustainable? Sustainable. Yes, you can, you can say it's about 60 to 70% sustainable mm-hmm. once it's done. I mean, in terms of the physique, bro. Right. Yeah. But again, if you're talking about, uh, a, you know, a competing athlete per se, 
see the, the lifestyle of a, of a of a bodybuilder or of a physique athlete or any of those kind of athletes mm-hmm. that lifestyle is it's a very strict and you know a very secluded lifestyle it's a very isolated lifestyle correct <laughs> yeah yeah so other thing is i mean if they can maintain that part i think everything else will fall in place yeah because you know there's no socializing yeah uh, you know you just uh, probably uh, you know your your own best friend that's it yeah 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 so that's that that's what i'm coming to basically because what what uh, the the agenda behind this question was that everybody wants to look like a uh, you know a photo cover on a magazine uh, absolutely but it is not that easy and it is not that sustainable because people would want to go out on a weekend and have a beer with their friends or they would want to go out with their girlfriends and have a, a pizza if you are giving importance to that then you will have to take a back step at you know being okay with not ha- looking like a you know a muscle fitness magazine cover but if you want to look like that then you'll have to sacrifice few things and live a secluded life like you said absolutely because see uh, again if you see a lot of these bodybuilders or these famous athletes you look at their partners or you know the the relationships they have with um, when it comes to their parents yeah. or their friends they all come from the same field correct which is why they're able to sustain or which is why it looks so fancy to us <laughs> yeah but the thing yeah but the thing is here i mean let's be practical in india uh it's not uh, it's not really taken well here yep. if you say you want to be a bodybuilder you want to you know compete on stage people mock you or even your own parents will look, will look down on you yes true but uh, you know it, uh, i would say that bodybuilders or bodybuilding per se is probably the toughest sport there is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's 24/7 365 yes yeah yeah and that there, there are no excuses that you can give because once you reach a certain stage with your physique every day makes a difference i mean yeah. what you put in yeah. will be shown out yes 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 and i think even after the competition they probably take maximum a week's break and then again they're back at it because they have to maintain the same physique for the next year as well if they want to win the competition yeah they actually the top level athletes uh, ideally don't take a break immediately after competition mm-hmm. you train for about 10 to 15 days after competition immediately after competition and then take a break because I your am. muscles are really shocked at that time mm-hmm. so you want to maintain as much uh, glycogen in the muscle cell mm-hmm. as possible right uh-huh. so it, you know and they don't uh, buy jeans like uh, what is usually thought uh, thought about you know after your party so we just go uh, <laughs> drink and eat whatever you yeah, want yeah, it yeah. doesn't work that way actually you slowly start feeding the carbs into your body slowly you know get the body accustomed to it right and maybe after by 15 days when your body is like at a, you know uh, at a healthy level yeah. with the carbohydrates and its tolerance then they take about a 10 day break you know just enjoy themselves yes so they don't that's why they do cycle in cycle out because they don't go to extreme at once like how these amateurs go because yes. these are someone who is eating a burger today and tomorrow he's on a keto diet it doesn't work like that exactly right great awesome um now is it a good idea to you know uh, i'm and i'm talking about for someone who is a normal guy who is who is doing a 9 to 5 job is it good for him or her to bulk and then cut because that's a very famous you know word which goes around and it it has been taken from the bodybuilding field uh, bulking and cutting it is it it suits the bodybuilders or the professional athletes who who actually do it as a career and get some mm-hmm. um, some you know benefits out of it 
but the people who i see mostly in the gyms who are recreational athletes or someone who is working out maybe three times four times a week wants to build and bulk as much as possible and then they talk about dirty bulking and all that so does that really work for a normal pan and is it required uh it's i would say it's absolutely unnecessary mm. uh and that's probably the biggest mistake a person can make even if it's a professional athlete mm. Mm. uh because the thing is when you dirty bulk you really don't know how much muscle you're putting on right you know by means by ways of size the person may look uh, huge or you know bigger than compared to what he was but the thing is now well suppose he does a four month dirty bulk mm. let's say he puts on about 15 20 kgs okay yeah but Out of that twenty kgs, I can guarantee you only about three kgs should be going to be muscle. Yeah. The rest is only water and fat. Yes. But at the same time, on the on the other hand, uh, if you if you uh, if you do a lean bulk, say four months, sixteen weeks, a lean bulk, even if the person puts on about eight to ten kgs, you are looking at somewhere around four to uh, four to five kgs of pure muscle. Hmm. Hmm. Which means once it's all once it's completely shredded and the water is cut out, he is going to look significantly bigger. Hmm. and that's when it matters right right so great so guys who are listening to this this dirty bulking or bulking and cutting really doesn't work and even if it does it is uh, not recommended especially for people who are not competing or taking it professionally so please don't do that uh, now what's the best form of cardio number 1 for bodybuilders um if if they are trying to um if if their main agenda is to build a lot of muscle and bring in those uh, that conditioning number 2 for uh, a normal man okay so when it comes to an athlete uh, we we try to basically preserve as much muscle as possible at the same time we try to cut as much fat as possible mm-hmm. so in this particular instance a high intensity interval training would be the best form of cardio Uh, and in if you're asking me what kind of equipment then i would say the assault bike the spin bike the uh, apical mm-hmm. and uh, for those who have access to a stair master uh, that's a great uh, you know great machine to use right and of course there are other things like battle ropes and things like that which work equally well okay and uh, ishan do you, is it towards the beginning of the program that they do this or towards the end because i, I believe that towards the end Uh, when they are nearing the competition, they are very low on carbs. Uh, do you think they will be able to do this high intensity interval training? See the uh, whole concept. I mean, I mean, I mean, talking about a bodybuilder, you know, uh, he's uh, consuming a lot of food. Correct. He's consuming a lot of su- supplements, and uh, when you put on that kind of weight, uh, or you know, you're trying to sh- uh, shed so much weight, it is quite a stress on your liver and heart. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea. Ideally, the person should be doing cardio from the starting of prep to keep his heart healthy, and to avoid a lot of side effects that may come his way because of the increase or decrease in calories. Right. So that is that is one point. But uh, coming to what you asked, see now the amount of cardio a, a bodybuilder or athlete does is purely based on how he looks about two to three weeks before. Okay. Before the contest. So ideally, the bodybuilder or the athlete will be doing. Uh, you know, about forty minutes or thirty minutes of cardio, high intensity stuff. Uh, you know, once a day. But if the coach or if he himself is not satisfied with the condition that he's in, we may, you know, uh, increase that to twice a day, every day. Wow. Okay. Even on the off days. Wow. All right. So that's a lot of cardio, right? Uh, yeah, but 
that that is needed because if the body if the uh, athlete's body is not responding the way it should then we have to shock the uh, the body to uh, you know adapt right and um, i mean again it, it's just a general question because i know you can't give me approximate answer to this it depends from person to person but what is the normal or approximate uh, number of calories that these bodybuilders eat when you take I, i'm not saying elite level bodybuilders but let's say a national level bodybuilder would eat a national level bodybuilder would eat anywhere between 3500 to over 4000 calories and not for bodybuilders right yeah, yeah. so uh, and that's in his off season okay okay if he's if he if he's doing a leg bulk okay yeah but again if he's cutting then he, he'll be anywhere between uh, 2800 to 3000 calories so you know reducing the calories gradually got it yeah it like week by week they will keep reducing yeah and and we're talking about an approximate 80 80 kg 75 to 80 kg body weight got it got it and and would that change for a, a physique athlete of the same uh, are on the same weight Yeah, for for physically the overall calorie consumption is much lesser compared to a bodybuilder because he does not hold that kind of muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and at the same time, uh, I mean, if you see physically, they don't really have bulky legs. Right. Yeah. So, so usually, leg work, leg workers like squats and deadlifts and things like that. Those are really metabolically taxing, mm-hmm. and uh, physically, they don't really have that much that kind of metabolic damage. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that they would they would probably start off with you know, anywhere between two thousand five hundred to three thousand calories, and okay. reduce again. I mean, physically, it's usually between the sixty-five seventy range, sixty-five seventy kg range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're talking that way. Got it. And uh, now coming to the second point, what would you recommend or what what would you suggest for a normal uh, person, and what kind of cardio would uh, he or she be doing? A normal person should probably do a mix of steady state cardio and high intensity interval training. So here he's getting the benefit of fat loss with the high intensity interval training, and he's he or she is getting the cardiac uh, cardiovascular benefits of steady state cardio as well. Right, got it. And uh, if if someone's goal is let's say to improve his endurance and do a ten k or twenty k run, then should he be doing more of cardio than weight training? Uh, no, I wouldn't say more of cardio than weight training. I would say an equal proportion mm-hmm. because weight training is also a form of cardio, depending on the way you do it. Right. So, uh, I mean, most people look at bodybuilders and they, you know, eight to fifteen reps, and uh, endurance athletes will say, "No, I don't feel anything." Mm-hmm. But that's for hypertrophy. That's right. for you know building muscle. Yeah. But endurance athletes will perform different, uh, you know, movements for a higher volume, like crossfit movements. Correct. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, things like that. Lovely. Um, and uh, so, is it is it a good idea for a normal man to get under ten percent and maintain that, or do you think it's unhealthy and not necessary? It is. It is unhealthy and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, the lower the fat levels go, you, uh, for a man, the testosterone levels take a significant beating for right. staying, you know, under that, uh, uh, you know, under ten percent body fat for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Testosterone levels take a significant beating. The sex drive takes a significant beating, and it is unhealthy because his overall mood is not going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> right. And do you think it 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 changes for uh, women? Like, is it different? They can go below fourteen percent, or um, do you think it is it is okay for them if they are uh, under that range? Like, let's say for men, since you told it's ten, 
so for women i think it would be around 14 so do you think it is healthy for yes. them to come down before uh, below 14 Again, uh, see, we're talking. If you're talking about you know a temporary stage where you know only for that one week or two weeks that they are uh-huh. in that below fourteen race, mm-hmm. perfect, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, for a photo shoot or a contest, that looks great. That's fine. But prolonging that or trying to keep that, it's see because fat is necessary for brain function. Fat is necessary for uh, hormone function. Fat is necessary for lubrication of the joints mm-hmm. and so many other things. And just general well-being, fat is so important for the body. Yeah. And uh, you know when when that is depleted, uh, it, the person is really going to be affected in terms of liver function, kidney function. You know the the heart is not going to be able to function as well. They they start getting palpitations and things like that. They generally feel much you know tired far easier. They yeah. tired far easier. Right. Then they would be above uh, you know say sixteen eighty percent. And not to say I mean you know they could look pretty much the same as fourteen percent. While they're at eighteen percent, if they manipulate the sodium, and they'll still, uh, you know, look good. Yeah, uh, but why does it matter so much to you know manipulate the sodium? Um, why it's so important? See, uh, if you look at it from a practical standpoint, it actually doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the thing is, the moment you manipulate sodium, you have to continue to manipulate sodium, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The 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 muscle the fiber of the muscle is made up of water. Correct. Whatever you do, water is necessary to contract the muscle. Yeah, carbohydrates or gly- glycogen is necessary to contract the muscle. Now it makes no sense taking it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense taking it out because on stage or while performing something, a person will cramp and will cramp really bad. Yeah. Now now if that happens, that puts them at a risk of uh, tearing a muscle, injuring, or even ripping off a tendon for the bone. Right. So now here, what happens is many coaches they start the water depletion process, which is absolutely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You can you can manipulate the water intake by consuming more water okay. by making, or or even the sodium intake by consuming the right amount of sodium, so that the muscles look full. Mm-hmm. So if you see a lot of athletes two days prior to the contest, they will look phenomenal. You know, you look at that guy and like, oh, that guy is going to win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that. But the mis- and but on the day of the contest, you can't even recognize the guy because they manipulate the sodium all wrong. You don't need to manipulate because that guy is perfect with the sodium with the fullness of the muscle. Right, 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 right. And uh, what would be your go-to exercises to build muscles? I would say squats and deadlifts and uh, bench press. So these three would be your main go-to exercises. Even for a, a beginner, uh, do you recommend that they should start doing these exercises once they learn the the biomechanics of these movements? Yes, these are foundational movements and multi-joint movements. Mm-hmm. So not only are they just you know focusing on one part, but a lot of uh, other muscles are involved. So in terms of metabolism and anabolism, uh, they're getting more bang for the buck. Not only that, these are these foundational movements will. Uh, help them do other movements, isolation movements, mm. far better. Mm. Because you get that mind-muscle connection, you understand the movement yes. patterns, right? Yes. Lovely, great. And uh, would you suggest the same thing for a bodybuilder as well? Yes, I would definitely suggest a, a bodybuilder or a physique athlete or any athlete to include these movements in their routine mm-hmm. at least once a week. Right. right. Because. 
uh, these build far more muscle than you know the fancy movements that people see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the foundational movements. And if you look at old school bodybuilders and all that, they didn't know anything apart from this. Correct. Now you get you get fancy looking machines that yeah okay I agree they do isolate to a certain extent, but they isolate provide you have the mind muscle connection to isolate. Yes. Because you you can see a lot of people go on a you know incline hammer strength machine, you know, but they'll be working far more shoulders than just. Just because they don't know the biomechanics of it, the elbow placement, uh, the retracting, the retraction of the scapula, so many things. Yes, definitely, and and that's that's one thing I really don't agree with because. I see a lot of newbies in the gym. So someone who has been just working out from six months, and he thinks like he's a bodybuilder. He starts, he goes and sits on a you know a machine, and then starts doing it. But what he doesn't realize is he is not training anything else. Like when you're doing like you Absolutely. said squats or deadlifts or bench press, your core needs to be stable and engaged for you to do that movement in in one go. But when you're sitting on a machine, everything can rest. Only the muscle that needs to be worked is working. right and uh, all they want is big arms so every time i get into a gym i see one person doing only bicep curls or tricep extensions <laughs> <laughs> right so that I, that is one thing that i really really want to change the mindset of the youth that looking good versus actually being strong is very very different absolutely uh, right so how do you think you know you will be able to change that do you talk to these young boys that you see in the gym do you give them some suggestions and what would be your suggestions to them uh honestly i really maintain a low profile when i'm in the gym uh-huh. uh see because i mean good advice or the genuine advice doesn't come for free i learned that the hard way and the problem is you know you can't you you may with you know uh with a good intention you may go and tell somebody don't do that it's not, it's not right or you're not doing it right some some guys are very arrogant they think they know better than you they i mean of course you know yeah. i don't blame them yeah. you know they have every right to because yeah. a stranger coming out of nowhere and saying that yeah. uh they probably take offense simply some guys or uh, they, they just uh, once you go you make the mistake of going once they come in repeatedly over and over just you know asking you same things mm-hmm. but what people need to realize it's it's not about working the weight it's about working the muscle all right and you know some people Uh, a lot of people I I I I personally have seen they don't do these foundational movements just because they can't add enough weight on it. It doesn't look good. <laughs> True. Yes, definitely. That's for their videos and for their Instagram posts. <laughs> uh, a guy deadlifting, uh, you know, uh, one plate or half a plate doesn't look good. Uh, or an empty bar that doesn't look good. <laughs> yes, but on the on the contrary, they will add two plates and then do a bicep curl and then. I know they can you know, spin something. Yes, and that's why it's called curls for the girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, Ishan, one question that I want to ask you is: in your experience of training, which is more than a decade now, what is that one thing that you have learned which you can apply in real life? Uh, and there are a couple of things that bodybuilding has taught me uh, mm-hmm. in terms of life. Yeah. Uh, so first thing is, I mean. you have to fail to succeed mm. uh, bodybuilding is nothing but that right. you know if you don't push the muscle to failure if you don't push past the pain mm. you're not going to see what you know what you're working for mm. Mm. second thing is uh, i mean i'm saying from a personal perspective got it i mean if there's any reason that i mean i i've been through a certain bad you know a bad time in my life but i you know credit survival 
to bodybuilding because that's what kept me going. That's what gave me hope. Wow. Mm. So I would say, I mean, in terms of fitness, uh, you know, this. I mean, I I would relate it uh, very closely to something I read a long time ago. We we are scared of our own brightness. We are, mm. we are scared of our own light. Mm. It's our light and not our darkness that most frightens us. Mm. Because we underestimate ourselves a lot. I mean, some of us do, and we really aren't able to find the. You know, we are we really are not able to understand that what we do or what we are accomplishing or what we are overcoming is actually making a difference to others. Right. We may not openly say that you know, you know, I went through this, I overcame this. Mm. It may just fight our own battles, but what I realized is silently there are a lot of people who are watching, mm. and. It, we are making a difference, mm-hmm. even if it's just one person. We are making a difference because that person may be, you know, going through some difficulty, and he or she will look at life in a different perspective just because of you. Right, right, lovely man. That's great. Yeah, that's very profound uh, because you you put it very rightly that uh, bodybuilding is actually the real scene of it. It shows you what life is. You'll have to go through a lot exactly. of struggles, a lot of ups and downs, and that's when you will get some little success. And then again, it doesn't stop there. You again need to continue the same process. Exactly. And one thing is, I mean, uh, bodybuilding keeps, I mean, a real bodybuilder, you will always find a bodybuilder who is humble mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it takes consistent work. You right. know, you can't just uh, finish your show day and then uh, expect to stay like that for the rest of your life. Right. Because you have to come in, you have to pay your dues and only then can you be that confident or can you have that, you know, uh, uh, self-esteem. Mm, 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 nice. Now, uh, what would be your best split for the view- the listeners who are listening to? What would you recommend? I would put it in three ways. Alright, for a person who's you know uh, either in the both endurance and muscle building or general fitness, mm-hmm. push pull and cardio. Uh, I would mix it that way. You know, push pull and cardio. Right. And uh, for fat loss, I I. I would do complete intensity. So uh, that's why you, you train chest and shoulders, uh, back by your back and arms, and uh, uh, just legs on one day. Okay. And you repeat the cycle all, all over again. Right. So you train twice through. Got it. But when it comes to uh, uh, bulking or you know putting on muscle, just pure muscle, uh, I keep it to one body part a day. Mm. Yeah. And training for five days to week, two days of rest. Oh, great! Awesome. Great. And uh, if you had to give a sample meal plan, um, what would that be? Like, let's say a four four meal meal plan, what would you include in, in these meals? And uh, considering the fact that these are newbies, they have no experience to uh, uh, past history of dieting or anything. And they just want to look a little better than what they do now and improve their health. So what would your uh, meal plan look like if you have to just give me a sample of it? So what are we talking about? Is the person obese? Is he trying to lose fat or build muscle? So uh, let's say he is someone who is around 70-75 kgs, not too lean, not too fat, somewhere in between, moderate, and he just wants to maintain that physique for the rest of his life by yes, of course, putting in some muscle, uh, not necessarily in the legs or chest or anything, wherever just increase one two kgs of body, uh, 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 lean muscle and reduces maybe fat uh, by 1-2%, not much. So what would the meal plan be like? So basically, 
uh, I mean, if he's never been to a gym or he's never done any kind of dieting, then we start off with portion control. Okay, right. only right. portion control. Let him eat what he's eating. Mm-hmm. Just uh, depending on what he's eating, we increase the protein part of it, reduce the carbohydrate part of it, and maintain the uh, fats accordingly. If he's eating a low-fat diet, mm-hmm. otherwise, if he does have some experience dieting, then you would put some oatmeal in the morning. Okay. Uh, if he's if he's okay with eggs, eggs are excellent for the body. Um, so maybe a couple of eggs along with oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, then we'll come for a, a snack where he can have something like sprouts or soya, uh, you know, a salad of some sort. Okay. Then we come to lunch where he can have either a cup of rice or two chapatis mm-hmm. with some vegetables and if chicken is fine, then chicken. Uh, a portion according to his weight and things like that. Then we'll go into the evening where he can have his cup of coffee along with a couple of biscuits mm-hmm. if he wants to. Okay. And then we go into the night where we cut down the carbs completely. We increase the fat a little bit so we, you know, uh, thereby producing a little more growth hormone in the system. So he rests better. Right. Uh, and then we also give him a slightly higher than compared to the lunch, a slightly higher protein intake. Got and it. we we also uh, you know include a fiber meal where is you know, a lot of vegetables the crispest vegetables so to speak. Mm-hmm. Nice, lovely. So I hope. It was helpful, guys. Uh, if you haven't um, already made note of it, then please make note of it and start following that. You should see some progress in the coming weeks. But again, having said that, if you have been eating really bad the past 15 years, don't expect your body to start showing results in the next six weeks. Give yourself some time. Follow it for at least three to six months. Then you will see some progress in your body um, composition. Amazing. That was a really nice talking to you, Ishan. And thanks for sharing all your information. Any closing thoughts, my friend? Opinion or my advice to the listeners out there. First thing, it's really not about the weight. It's about working the muscle. So get that out of your head. It's not about how much you can bench press or how much you can squat or how much you can deadlift. It's how well you can do that with perfect form. Because that's going to be the detrimental factor between how you look at the other guy who's lifting a lot more pounds than you. Second... Is the I mean when you get into a diet, ease into it. Don't don't you know just you stop today and then you know crash diet tomorrow. It's not going you're not going to be able to sustain it. You're going to be frustrated. You're probably going to hate everybody around you. So ease into it day by day, inch by inch. It's a cinch, right? So the those two are my prime things to say. Major things to say. Lovely. Apart lovely. from that. Yeah. yeah, apart from that, uh, stay home, stay safe. <laughs> Beautiful, lovely. Thank you so much, Ishan. Thanks for your time, man. And I really appreciate Thanks, you coming you. on the show and thank sharing you all your thoughts. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, no problem. We'll keep in touch. Stay safe, stay home. Sure, sure. All right, see you, Thanks man. So Bye-bye. Much, Take bro. care.